when we are loving our husbands, we should be to the best version of who God has called me to be so that I can love you better. Hey, girlfriends, welcome back to another episode. Today, I am joined by someone that I know you guys are going to love, someone I feel so succinct with in this season, just what we're walking out. And I'm incredibly thankful for being able to walk alongside not only women that are in similar seasons with me, but those that I can look up to in a way that's, oh, this is authentic. Oh, you're doing this in a way that's not discarding uh, their struggle, but is amplifying the beauty within it. I think that's so important. Sometimes we just want to slap a, a veil on it like, oh, it's good. Motherhood's a good thing. Motherhood can be messy and it can be beautiful. Singleness can be uncomfortable and be fruitful. So find those people around you that's going to journey with you and pull out the best in the highs and in the lows. And for me, Tori, you are one of those people. I just love the way that you live and you love on those around you. We give them a little spiel on who you and your family are and how you interact with people. Yes, absolutely. First and foremost, honored to be on your podcast. I just love you, girl. I love your heart for what you're doing for the kingdom. Um, So Tori Masters here and my husband and I, we have a YouTube channel where we share our faith and our lifestyle. Everything kind of comes from this premise of we want to be who we wish we had. And so we share a lot about faith. We share a lot about our life. And we are very much like we are so far from perfect, but by the grace of God, you know, he has taught us so much. And so we love to just share what he's currently teaching us and hopes that that people won't make the same mistakes that we did if we can share them before they make them. And then we also have a daily devotional podcast called Mornings with the Masters. And they're short, like 10, 12 minutes, but we just love devoting ourselves to Lord daily with people. And so you can find that anywhere you find your podcast. And then we're on Instagram, Tori Masters, Chad Masters, and we're just sharing our life. I'm going to be honest. Every time I search for your guys' page, I type in just masters and it's so much golf stuff. And I feel like it's partially art. It's partially Arden's fault, right? Like my retargeting ads are just geared towards golf. Well, I'm going to blame Arden for my husband's new golf obsession because he just got new clubs in yesterday and it just seems like there's golf on TV 24-7 now. So here, here we are. You know, I just... Again, I needed you to share in the struggle that I'm struggling in. Every, so you know, and I'm like, Arden, it's so funny. You know, I'm glad we're laughing because the subject we're talking about today is one that can feel a little bit um, tense and heavy. I was going to say heavy, but I even think tense. I get the privilege of talking about it a little bit in the book. And I feel like when it's brought up, it's almost like, oh, that's that's not me because it's like, I don't want to be identified with it. And um, for those listening, they're like, what is it? What are we talking about? Do I want to listen to this? Um, We're talking about shame and the ways, honestly, so much that shame can sneak into our lives and steal from our lives. I've found shame to be something that goes in really sneakily and really deep, really fast. Yeah. And it's hard to almost pinpoint. So since we're going to go in that direction, uh, I'm glad we're laughing now. I'd love to ask a few just fun questions. Um, so people can feel like, you know, we've laughed together. Maybe if we cry, then we're crying together. And it feels love like it. We're, we're well-rounded in this conversation. <laughs> so I want to ask you, you're a new mother. Mm-hmm. Your journey, Micah is now what, six months old? Six months old. Okay, so we can the say stage. we're getting some more sleep in there. We're figuring it out. Lord. 
Um, what is the funniest sleep deprived moment that either you or Chad had in the last few months? Gosh, I feel like it was around three months at this time. Now Mike is in his own room and he does the majority of the time sleep through the night. He still has like one waking where I like need to help to sleep. Um, but I just remember there was this one time we were doing the co-sleeping thing and 3 a.m. rolls around and the boy is wide awake, ready to party, and we could not get him back down. And so then I go to like change his diaper and he decides to pee all over me like in the (laughs) middle of the night. And Chad and I just look at each other in like complete delirium and we have like a laughing attack because we're just like, what (laughs) in the world is actually happening right now? It's three in the morning. We're all wide awake. I have pee on me, pee's on the bed, pee's on Micah. We got to change everything now. And, you know, he has brought so much laughter and joy into our home. And a lot of the time it's in like the hard moments where we're like, what is even going on right now? And then we look at each other and we're like, we are in this together. And this kid is amazing. And yeah, but they're he was not a good sleeper in the beginning and he really like put us to the to the test. And so I just remember seeing like it's so easy on social media. You see other moms and it's like, oh, yeah, my baby's like sleeping through the night at three months. And I'm like, I'm sorry, my baby's not sleeping longer than like two hours at a time. Like, what do you mean? But the beautiful thing, even about the sleep deprivation that I heard recently was as mothers, Because you're so sleep deprived in the beginning, you actually have a greater grace for your newborn because your mind is like literally not fully there. (laughs) And I was like, wow, thank you, Lord. Because Chad would be like, babe, you're so patient. And I'm like, am I? But really, I'm just like, I'm pretty sure I'm just really like not actually fully here right now. I'm so tired. I can't voice my frustration. So you're just not hearing what's going on in my head. <laughs> Literally, but so oh, funny. Well, what a, what a true grace, too. I think that's really beautiful. I was going to ask another question, but I don't think we can set up a more perfect segue to yeah. going into. I'll say this up front. So everyone, anyone listening can just feel an allowance to like deep dive in inward. And see, like, is there anything that's causing shame? I got to, and I'll talk on the book a lot, not because, um, you know, it's going to be a shameless plug the whole time, but no, you, should. Say, you should. It's it's something I've been researching this topic. And I read the audiobook last week. And when I did the shame chapter, that was almost what the entire book was on. Because for me, I saw how sinister of a tactic it can be in the enemy's Absolutely. arsenal. Yeah. And it's the accuser. Seriously, he's like, I'm going to steal, kill, and destroy, or at least attempt to, um, or for a season. Yeah. I think that's a big thing, too, if you're like listening in and already feeling this weight of like, oh, it's shame, it's heavy, there's no co- getting out of it. Now, like, we're talking about this because there is hope. Yes, um, there is freedom. Both walked in through mm-hmm. shame and coming out on the other side. Yeah. But in rereading uh, the audiobook and listening to it, I was almost sad because I was like, there's just such a level here that I want more people to journey to. And, you know, I think it's intentional that the Lord did what he did in in that book for that reason. And I say what he did because I did write mine when I was sleep deprived. And I'm like, these are the Lord's words. (laughs) But what I was really amazed by is there's some stuff that I was only writing through personal uh, testimony and experience and what the Lord showed me in healing. And as I've gone back now and done research, 
like seeing even what psychiatrists say. And I'm just fascinated, Tori, by the way that what God does in us and like that healing journey actually is so profound that I'm like, I didn't even have the like correct terminology for this. I didn't have the depth for it, but I just saw in my own scope what the Lord was doing. And it's like spot on with what they say happens with shame and how to overcome it. So as we get in, like, I would love to even ask you in your own definition, in your own journey, like, what is shame? Like, how would you describe that to someone that maybe is feeling heavy emotions or negativity and it could be linked to shame? Yeah, I think that it kind of happens to people in different ways, right? So maybe the way that shame um, came up in my life and the way I reacted and dealt with it would be different from someone who's listening right now. But for me, I grew up in the church. I knew Jesus and a lot of things happened in my life and it, it kind of shattered some things for me. And I had this rebellious spirit in me. Like I really feel like I struggled with, with like a rebellious spirit. Um, and this was a decade ago now, actually a little longer than a decade ago. And because of that, because of that rebellious spirit, it led me to do things that truly led me into this like cycle of sin, which then led to a cycle of shame. Because the thing is, is in my sin, I had a way out. God always gives you a way out, but I did not take it. And because I did not take it, then the conviction came and I didn't allow the conviction to lead me to God's presence to then pivot and change the course of what I was doing. I allowed the mantra of, well, grace will cover me if I do it again. Grace will cover me. I'll be fine. Like I'll, I'll, I'll get right with Jesus later on. And so much happened in my life because of that. And who I saw in the mirror was not the person that I knew anymore. And so then I tried to, to hide and I have a pretty happy exterior. So I feel like I could fake it really well. Like, oh, I'm totally fine. But internally I was battling with so much shame and the wrestling of, conviction and what am I doing? And and God, I'm so sorry, but it's like, I know I'm going to do it again. And I didn't know how to get out of it. Like I didn't know how to actually change. And then I had to like completely get out of the environment that I was in, like completely. And that's when things actually started to shift in my life. And it was a road to get to freedom. I actually don't think that I started walking in freedom till eight years after. Like it was like this underlying current that because I never talked about it and because I didn't even feel like in that season, I had avenues or podcasts to even listen to about it. I didn't know how to deal with it. So I I just like let it linger in this little box inside of me. And I'm like, well, if I never talk about it and I ever open the box and like, does it even exist? Right. Was mm-hmm. that person. And for those years of my life, like, can I just pretend that I don't know that girl? Like, I don't, I don't know who that was. Cause it was probably hurtful too to even think about it at that point. Yeah. I'm like, I, it was like, I genuinely didn't know like how, like, why was I making those decisions like why was I doing those things and it's like man left up to my own devices I do not like who I am truly I'm like 
I think that's why I'm so passionate about the grace of God, because I fully know how sinful I can be when I let my sinful nature take over versus the freedom and the fruitfulness of allowing God to be Lord over my life and following the Holy Spirit's leading. And and so I'll, I'll share this story really briefly because I hope that it will bring hope to people. I remember sitting in this sermon um, in California. Chad and I were already married at this time. So I was still... So just to give y'all a reference, I'm 30 years old. <laughs> These were things that happened. Thriving. 30 and thriving. Um, I'm like, wow, am I actually an adult now? Like 30 with a child. Does that mean that I'm an adult? I don't know. Um, but I was like in high school and early college when I was going through this spiral of sorts. And so I am now married and still struggling with the things that I had done back then. And I was in this sermon and this song came on and it was talking about how the Lord sees you as pure, that his crimson blood washes you white as snow, that like he sees you through the lens of Christ. And what I couldn't fully understand was I was like, but God, this doesn't make sense. You were there. Like, you know what I did. Like, So how, like, how can you actually see me as pure? You know, I'm not. And that's what I struggled with so much. I was like, I don't, I don't understand how you could see me through a different lens that I currently see myself. And what he so beautifully reminded me of was that he doesn't see me through the lens of Tori. He sees me through the lens of Christ. And so I'm like reminded of even the Passover when God's people put the blood of Jesus over their doors. It wasn't about the people who were inside the household. It was about the blood on the outside of the household. And that was such a beautiful reminder to me because I'm like, oh, I'm covered by his blood. It's not it's actually really not about what I've done. It really is about what he did for me. It really is about Christ here. And then because of my shame, I used to always like want to punish myself or be like, why would God use me? Like, this is what I've done. This doesn't doesn't make any sense. Doesn't he know? Like, doesn't he know who I actually am? Mm -hmm. And then he'd remind me, no, no, no. I don't think you know who you actually are in me. Right. And I actually just shared this on another podcast, but I'm going to share it again. And I've shared it a million times. If you actually follow me and you're you're listening, you're like, Tori, I've heard this story a million times, but it changed me. So I'm going to share it again. It was a Tim Keller sermon. And in regards to punishing yourself for your own sin. And he said, when you get in that cycle where you want to punish yourself for your sin, it is literally like you are looking at Jesus hanging on the cross and saying what you did was not enough. Like you hanging on the cross was not punishment enough for what I've done. And every time I think of that picture and the punishment he took on my behalf so that I could live in freedom from sin it changes everything 
And then I actually can walk in the freedom. Then I can actually walk in the confidence. Like I can actually believe that God sees me differently than I saw myself. And from that, it gives me a greater why to live a different way. And I think what I missed back then when I was making all of those decisions was I, I didn't see that. I didn't see, I didn't have a greater why. I just had, I'm not supposed to do this. And that's not strong enough. <laughs> like just, I'm not supposed to do this was not enough for me. Mm-hmm. I'm just not supposed to do this actually was a greater temptation to me because of my rebellious spirit. Because it's like that child that you're like, don't touch that. Right. And the child's like, would you say touch that? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> touch that real quick. <laughs> and so I think this is incredible. What you're sharing, I'm already hearing like key words and key phrases that I was mentioning again that I feel like God showed me like this is a step towards healing. This is a step towards healing. And I love hearing that in your story, not only because it validates that it is one, a journey so that anyone that still feels lost, like don't feel like you should just wake up overnight or you should, I I think this is something too often people hear. It's like, well, I should just do better. I should just be better. I should just be enough. It's like, let him take you on that journey and and that trajectory towards healing. So it is long lasting. Um, And I love hearing that come up in, in what you're saying too, because that's what I want for people. I want them to be able to, if they've dealt with shame, find that freedom. And, you know, we're going to talk about some things throughout the rest of this conversation. And then even again in the book, um, I just highlight things because I'm like, I have lived this out so wrong so that I can know it so well (laughs) to share with other people. So if you are listening and like, you're like, I love everything she said, but like, how on earth do I do that? Like, please just you know, keep following Tori, listening to her and, and being inspired by how she's living her life. Um, but like get the book too and just go on that journey for yourself. I hear you saying you did that punishment and you even felt like who you were was stifled by this person that was rebellious. And then um, also this person that was just striving to be loved and enough. And it's almost like you had these two personas fighting each other. Yeah, I found this really interesting teaching on shame recently by Tim Fletcher. And he like coined this chart where it's like inner circles, almost like the core of the earth. Yeah. <laughs> Here's a real word for what that chart is, but I just think, yeah. Like, oh yeah, the core, the middle layer, the outer layer. Um, and it starts with like your real self. And it's like, if you're watching this, you get a better visual than if you're listening. But it's like, here's your real self your God-given identity that is made in his image. And then once something shameful either happens to us or we um, live out sin, which guys, I just want to say this as a freeing statement, that is every single person. Like we all, all fall, fall short. short the and the key yeah. is like, yeah. get back to who God made you be. Get back yeah. to his image. Not pretend it didn't happen. Just like get back to the core. Like that alone, I just hope helps somebody. Yeah. But here's your real self. Shame happens. It makes this covering. And then whenever shame affects you, instead of going back to who you truly are, you run outward. And then it's you put on this persona. So it's like, okay, well, what is acceptable? Um, I'm going to try to act either, like you said in your example, act rebellious and like buy into this. Or I'm going to act like it didn't happen. And then from there, if shame continues to affect us, we go to another layer, which is our ideal self. So that's when we're thinking okay, who's the girl that's never messed up? Who's the girl that guys still like? Who's, um, you know, the person, the girl that my parents would be proud of? Like, we start acting out. So we are so far from who God created us to be at that point that we get to those questions of, 
well, who in the world am I? Or how did I get here? And it feels so discombobulated and almost hard to pinpoint because we're just stretching further and further away from the truth. And that's why I love that you even talked about that earlier of like, this is the sh- the enemy's tactic. Yeah. Because of course he, not only does he want us to feel regret and remorse and just like straight up dirty. I don't know if you felt that way, but so many days yeah. I was like, I don't like myself. I feel terrible. Um, but again, I don't know how to change. Yeah. The enemy wants that, but more than that, he just wants us to not know that we are God's daughters, that we are able to go to him, that we are made in his image. So the further he can separate us from that, that's all he wants. It makes me sad because I'm like, of course that hurts God's heart even more than our own. But once we start living in that like persona realm, we're not even interacting with people the right way. So I think shame actually greatly can affect our relationships. And as wives and as moms and as people listening that are like, I want to be a wife one day, we need to get shame out of the way so we can have true, authentic, God-honoring relationships. When I was in the cycle of shame, I also really do believe that like sin loves company. And so when I was acting a certain way, well, guess what? I surrounded myself with people who were doing the same things that I was doing and maybe even a little worse because then it made me like feel better, a little better about like what I was doing. Right. And so I also, I remember this so vividly and it's funny because now we're like the best of friends, but my girlfriend, Jenny, um, we actually, our due date was the same day. Our babies are like two days yeah. apart. You met her at my 30th birthday. Jenny Roberts is blonde, yes. cute little tiny little girl, Josie Ray. She was on my college dance team and she was like a young life leader. She had so much joy. She just like lit up every room that she walked in. I mean, I even remember like walking up to her mom at one of our practices and being like your daughter like shines the light of Christ and I just want you to know like she's such a joy to be around but guess what I didn't hang out with Jenny outside of practice because I didn't think that I was good enough to hang out around Jenny outside of practice I mean she like being around that kind of light brought so much conviction to me that I was like ooh like the darkness doesn't like the light right like they yeah. they fight and so who you like surround yourself with when you're talking about impacting relationships, if you are walking out and you are allowing shame to overtake you, it really will like not only impact your relationships that you're in, but like it can truly hold you back because you might not even be in the right relationships because you're not allowing yourself to be in the right relationships. Absolutely. I mean, company associates with company, like but deep calls to deep. So if you want to get out of that loop, yeah. even if you don't feel like you are good enough to go to God, go to God. If you feel like you're not good enough to hang out with the Jennies in your life, go to the Jennies. Because I think shame is such a whisper. Such and a liar. Me, it's, it's one of the most um, sneakiest attacks because it encapsulates everything. It takes isolation, regret, fear, um, inadequacy, and it just lumps them all into this t- terrible snowball effect. But I love that you mentioned that specifically, the darkness and the light, because because there is a verse, John 3.20, and it talks about the wicked hating the light. And when I first read that verse, it felt really um, mean, for lack of a better word. And I was like, oh gosh, I am wicked and sinful and like God's so mad at me. But when I looked up wicked in Hebrew, um, I want to say it's Rasha. I'm probably really saying it wrong. 
without looking it up, but wicked means um, like guilty. So it's almost like instead of this evil person, you're a prisoner to what is keeping you from the light. So it can feel all encompassing and overpowering. Like you're saying, just like, I love Jenny, but I don't feel good enough to go to her. I love God. I don't feel good enough to go to him. Once we know a glimpse of Jesus, but we've also been living in shame for a day or for a year or for a decade, it can feel hard to like cross that threshold of like just getting back to what we know. Again, going from the persona back to the root of what he's established in us. But like, I'd encourage anyone, the call is always, and the answer is always like to get back to God and, and go to the light so you can weed out the darkness that's been dormant. And I love how that verse continues. John 3.21 says, But whoever lives by the truth comes into the light so that it may be seen plainly that what they have done has been done in the sight of God. Wow. And so it's this whole idea of, gosh, sin just feels like it sticks with us forever. But yeah. if we take God at his word, he takes us as far as the east is from the west. He forgets right. our sins. Yeah. So we have that power. If he forgets our sins, yeah. We can, yeah. we can overcome them. We can forget them. And I think the idea of living unashamed is not pretending that we've never done anything wrong. Right. But it's like, I know I'm not that person. Yeah. One, that's not who I'm supposed to be. And like, yeah. I'm just not living that way anymore. Yeah. I There's this verse in Revelation and it says, um, Revelation 12, 11, it says, and they have defeated him by the blood of the lamb and by the power of their testimony. And anyone who is living inside of that cycle of shame right now, I just want to encourage you, like that might be the exact thing that God wants to use to bring him glory. Because the reason that I'm so passionate about grace is because I feel like I've fallen so far short of the glory of God. And that grace has covered me in such a way that I know I'm not deserving of. And it's from that. There's another verse that it's like, I don't know the the reference, but it's like the comfort that you have received from God, you can use that comfort to then comfort others. And so for me, it's like, man, I can empathize with young women who are like walking through temptation because I know how easy it is to slip into temptation. If I was this perfect Christian girl who never made any mistake, then I actually might come into a situation very judgmental versus very empathetic. And now I can share from a place of, okay, let me just tell you though, like if you make these decisions, like this is what it, like this is the road it led me down. And it's a different perspective than like, hey, just don't do that because it says don't do that, right? And it's like, no, like I fully understand like what you've done, why you did it, like how hard it was, why you what you're feeling, but I also know the freedom that Jesus offers and how much better, right? Because I think the lie from the enemy when it comes to sin is he wants to make sin appealing, right? That's why we sin. It looks appealing, but sin itself is such an empty promise because once you sin, you thought it might feel good. You thought it might make you feel better. Like all of these things, it's it's just this. It's just that. Like the word just, I feel like the enemy uses. Like it's just for a moment. It's just a little bit more, you know, whatever. And then you do it and you're like, wow, I don't feel any of those things actually. 
I actually feel dirty. I actually feel terrible. I actually don't like who I see myself in the mirror. Um, And all of these things are so different than what I thought it was going to get me. And so for me, the realization of sin being such an empty promise, and it's actually not appealing at all, is so helpful, right? Because it's like, man, I'm not in bondage to religion, right? It's like, no longer yoke yourself to the slavery of sin. And I think that so often people think that we as believers are shackled to religion. And I'm like, no, 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 no. It's literally the opposite. Like we get to walk in freedom. Like our shackles have been removed. Yeah. Right. Like sin itself is the shackles, mm-hmm. but we are free from sin. Yeah. And so now we get to walk in freedom because I definitely felt way more enslaved in that season of my life than in this season of my life. So good. It's such a true testament in like the expression. I've never felt freer. And we can think, oh, well, I'm choosing to do this. And I'm choosing the guys I talk to. I'm choosing the parties I go to. But it's like, I think even when I was telling myself, this is fun. I enjoy this. I feel yeah. seen. My gut was like, girlfriend, no, you do not. No, it's you dark, do not. right? Felt mm-hmm. dark. Yeah. So like, I if anyone's kind of in this place of like, maybe, maybe I've bitten into the temptation of of sin and like I'm experiencing shame but maybe not also what I would challenge you to do is like just spend an afternoon thinking back on like certain areas of your life like certain milestones or um, just different seasons and if there are any where your gut just feels a little like that's uncomfortable Mm -hmm. or um, even if you're like yeah that was good like I did that and it's fine Anything that feels like, oh, I got to hurry over this or like it just doesn't sit right, like yeah. let that maybe be something that you journey with the Lord in yeah. and just see like, God, is this something that brought about a root? And it's not even always, well, I, you know, I hooked up with this guy and then I started doing it perpetually and like now I just feel dirty. Sometimes it's I did one thing wrong and I just didn't fully heal with God. And so now in the back of my mind, I hear I'm unlovable. And so it's yeah. coming into my relationships like. And that's the thing. And like, again, we can talk on this for hours because it is deep. And as you said in the beginning, it affects people differently. But Tori, what I just want people to to hear is there's such a freedom and healing, as you've been saying, that God wants to do specifically in this area. And I think specifically for women, for us, we carry so much of a desire to be loved, to be um, loving, that shame can very much get in between how we receive love and give love. Yeah. So as a mom and as a hu- uh, as a husband, <laughs> as a mom <laughs> yes. and as a wife, what would your encouragements be? Like almost a, a, a call to heal and shame because like, I know this can affect my relationship with my husband or with my family. Right. Well, I think that it's almost impossible to have healthy relationships if you have not kind of had this healing journey with God because we're going to be looking for affirmation from our husband or from our children or from our friends to affirm who we are if we don't actually know who we are. So we're trying to like get the definition of who we are from other places that are not the word of God or God himself, right? And so I think that it's so vitally important because 
when we are loving our husbands, we should be loving them from a place of, I want to get to the best version of who God has called me to be so that I can love you better. Right. And it's, it's a, it's a servant heart. It's a different mindset. And I think that when we're still searching for who we are, we're seeking a selfish love. Tell me I'm lovable. Show me I'm lovable. Like I, cause I don't know if I'm lovable. Right. But it's like, well, no, if we actually are experiencing the love of God, if we're experiencing the grace of God, if we're experiencing God's comfort, then guess what? We can pour that out on our loved ones, on our community, on our children. And it's a different focus. And your relationships are going to be healthier because you're not looking for how they make you feel. You're more focused on how you can love them and how you're making them feel. And let me tell you, it's going to increase the way that they treat you because that's how relationships work. And so I think so often people get in these unhealthy relationships because they have the wrong perspective. It's like, oh, I only want to be in this relationship because they make me feel this way. And I'm only going to stay in this relationship if they make me feel this way. And it's just a recipe for disaster. And so I think that tackling the shame in your life, tackling your identity in Christ, tackling these things now is only going to set you up for healthy relationships in the future. I wish we had another hour just to go up on that rabbit hole of like what to look for in starting relationships. Yes. But you're spot on with how we can effectively and authentically too. I think that's that's something that sticks out to me is like if I'm trying to love on my husband to a point where I can get something back, that's not love. That's an exchange. And we want to live in a way where you're saying receiving from God and sharing with each other, not manufacturing ourselves, not seeking something. I mean, I think of the verse where it says for husbands to love their wives as themselves too. When you're talking about going on a healing journey and two individuals coming, entering into this partnership of marriage, like you one have to know yourself um, and love yourself, not into this selfish way, but in a, I realize who God's called me to be and I'm excited to live that out. Right. And shame keeps us from being able to say, I love myself. I accept myself. And I love that God loves me. And this is what he loves about me. This is what he's going to glorify. So I'm going to live that out. So if you're listening and you're like, I wasn't fully prepared to go on this whole deep dive of shame. I'm just here for the singleness content. Like this is golden singleness content. Like absolutely. I would... I don't have regrets. I don't like want to live in the past, but if I could go back and be an even more whole person and do this deep dive before my art a hundred times over, I would so do it because there was a lot, especially in that first year that was just felt like word vomit of like getting the shame out. And there's nothing wrong with that. If you, you know, you're in the season, I'm, as you were saying, you were still getting that out in the beginning of your marriage too. Absolutely. Yeah. But take it as wisdom. Yes. <laughs> this is the whole thing. Learn from our mistakes. Learn yes. from our mistakes. Yes. Again, I could talk to you forever. And um, I feel like our first dinner too. The first time we ever met, guys, we sat at an inner table. Uh, us and our husbands for what? Like three hours? Yeah, I think <laughs> just so. Just talking about everything. Absolutely. Every time we're like, it's just not enough time. <laughs> I know. I know. We'll have to do something about that. Yes, I am. <laughs> well, how can people stay up to date with you? You mentioned you, YouTube, Instagram. Um, can you share your handles again so they can hear from you guys? 
Absolutely. YouTube, it's just Tori and Chad Masters. Instagram, Tori Masters. We also share daily content over on our Instagram for Mornings with the Masters. And then you can find Mornings with Masters also on YouTube, anywhere you get your podcasts. I think that's all. (laughs) I think that's all the avenues right now. Yes, yes. Well, thank you. I love you so much. And I need to see you in person again soon. Absolutely. We'll make that happen because Azzy's about to turn one, so... Don't remind me. Crazy town. (laughs) I hope you enjoyed this episode and it brought some insight and encouragement to your day. If it did, be sure to leave a like, a comment,